Hey guys, welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And we are back for our talkie sode. This is our first talkie sode. In a while. In like a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, it's getting really hard to come up with a topic. It really <laughs> is. It really is. Um, Maybe, I mean, would it be too much to read a book every week? Yes. <laughs> for the summertime no probably not like i could probably do that but, but school time yeah, yeah but that, i mean that gives us you know some time to come up with some topics some time for you know our listeners to send okay. some suggestions in maybe we should read a book every week i'm down we'll try it we'll try it um or you know maybe you guys could send us some like topics or things you want to talk about or maybe we could start having guests i don't know what you want yeah, to hear about? We should have another one. We should. We should. That was fun. That was fun. So I much. Have a surprise for you today. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not gonna tell you yet. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So, well, let's do our suck and sweet first. So, what's your suck for the week? So my suck is I've just been having some series of like little unfortunate events, like. Like, just before this episode, like, it took forever for my computer to update and turn yeah, on. It did. Like, I've had a little zit. Well, I say little zit. It's more like. <laughs> I just almost spit out my drink. This thing's, pretty, this thing's pretty big, and it's been riding on my face for, like, a week now. Really? <laughs> it's right on my lip. <laughs> like right oh, next- those are the worst. Yeah, those are what- so painful. And it's right next to my lip ring, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know what? It could be worse. I got, like. It could be. I got, like, hormonal acne over here. Things they don't tell you when you turn 30 is basically your whole fucking body just falls apart. Pretty much. Oh, my God. So, I'm having hormonal acne. Um, last week when I used my retinol, it made me. It broke me out in scales again. So, I'm chatting. Oh, my goodness. I've got a little video to send you from TikTok that might help you with that retinol. Oh, okay. What does it say? It's from this. I don't. I don't know. If she's a biochemist, but she's she's some kind of chemist in the beauty field. She said and not to use it. No, no, no. She says to use it, but that it needs um, a lot of like water and hydration to yeah. grab onto. So she yeah. says to layer like water on your face, then put the retinol on, and then put your moisturizer <laughs> on top of it. So I'm using the Drunk Elephant system right now. That's a brand, and. I've been mixing it with this oil because they always say you should never put like direct retinol on. You should mix Mm -hmm. it with something. So I mix it with an oil and then I'm using their Bee Hydra moisturizer and I don't think it's moisturizing enough after the retinol. And I think that's why I'm getting so scaly. So I think I'm going to try my Tula moisturizer only on days I do retinol. But here's the other thing. When you use retinol, there's this thing called purging. And so I'm like, okay, is that what all this acne is? Is my skin purging, but then it should be done by now? Or is this hormonal acne? It was helping a lot at first, but now it's not helping anymore. Hmm. So I'm like, back to the drawing board. But I'm also the person that when I don't get instant results, I'm like, well, I'm done with that. And apparently, (laughs) like, skincare is something you have to do. It takes a while. Yeah, for, like, several months for your skin to, like, see a difference. I'm like, damn it. Well, it's because you see it every day, too, so you really don't notice the changes as much. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, that sucks. Um, what other unfortunate event has happened to, to you? 
We set the computer, we set the zit. Oh, what else? What else? What else? There was something else in there. I can't. Oh, of course, my plants. I couldn't hang my plant hangers right, so now they're hanging a different way than when I want them, and it's driving me nuts. But, but I'm feeling like a bit. I do too, but I think if it, if I would have hung it like right on like on the beam like I wanted to, it would have just hung a little bit differently. Hmm. Well, you can still change it to what you want it. Yeah, probably not. Because <laughs> it's already up. No, you can still do it. I'll come over and help you. Well, that sucks. Um, what version of Windows are you running? Just out of curiosity. I'm not sure. Cause I wonder if that has something to do with your... How old is your computer? Ugh. You should well, get a Mac. 19, 20, it's at least... Four years old because. Oh yeah, you should get a MacBook. Yeah, maybe. It's just that money cool because it like syncs with your phone, so everything's just like available. You know, it's really easy <laughs> sending stuff and. Yeah, I don't care about all that. I don't really need all that either. You don't think you do until you do, and then you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" <laughs> like, how did I live like this? <laughs> I'm trying to talk Steve into it. He's got some old ass Lenovo. I don't even, I never even heard of it. And I was like, dude, you need a MacBook. And he's like, no, this thing is amazing. And I was like, I ain't even heard of this shit. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sure a computer person knows what it is. And they're like, oh, that's badass. Anyways, my suck for the week is, this is really gross. So if you are easily grossed out, you may want to just fast forward like a minute. Um, the two of my incisions have started opening up. <gasps> yeah, because yeah. so they, instead of like stitching me up, they use this glue. Oh. And they're like, well, the glue will just come off. Okay, well, it's been like four weeks and it's starting to like flake off, which apparently I'm allergic to because I'm breaking out. But, um, once some of the glue started wearing off, like the ends of two of the incisions started opening up. Oh no. <sighs> yeah, dude, it's been. Oh, wow. Weekend. Um, Are you going to go back to the doctor for it? So I called them Friday, and she's like, you have a fever? Do you have chills? And I was like, no. And she's like, um, did the – because, again, if you're easily grossed out, don't listen. But they are oozing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't stink. Like, your body makes natural, like, juices when it's right. trying to heal itself. My blood cells and all and that fun so stuff. so none of it stinks. Um so I was like, no. And she's like, well, then you're probably fine. So I'm basically putting gauze and blue tape because I'm allergic to the adhesive on Band-Aids. Like, I'll break out. So if you have that same problem, there's this thing called blue tape you can get at the pharmacy. It's incredible. Um, you just tape it on your body, and it's not as, like, harsh. But now my I've been using it so much, I'm getting itchy from that, too. So... The same thing happened to me when I had skin cancer removed. I had a spot on my stomach that they removed. And uh, they actually had that stitched up. And after they took the stitches out, it started opening up. And I'm like, so I guess my body, uh, like, I'm the opposite of Wolverine. I don't heal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I'm like, am I? I don't know. <laughs> I just hate it. Ugh. So that's my suck. What's your sweet for the week? My sweet. Hmm. 
So. Oh, this is a big. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I have a few. I mean, it's just little things, you know? I like little things. That's what makes everything worth it. But my new book came in today by Miss April Wong. Oh, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> You'll see why later. So um, you ordered like a physical copy? Yeah, I ordered a hard copy. I wanted a hard copy. Oh, and you said when you ordered it, there was only like three left. Yeah, there was only like three left on Amazon. I read it on Amazon Unlimited because it's, it's free when you have Unlimited. Well, I say it's free. You're paying for the membership, so you're paying for the book. But um, right. That's cool. Are you going to – well, you're probably going to start – a game of fate next, right? Yeah. Well, I've got, um, I'll have to wait until maybe like a week, week and a half because I've got a game of fate that I am starting. And I had also started when by, it is by Harlan Coben. Oh my gosh. So after you mentioned that, like last week, I keep his shows keep, or, you know, so into shows. they keep popping yeah up. i watched the stranger because oh, i was it? like yo i'm so good <laughs> okay, it was so good because i was like if i'm gonna sit down and read this book i want to i kind of want to see maybe where his head's gonna be at and it was yeah. so good there's so many twists and turns i was like yeah mm-hmm. i have to start this now so i started it like two nights ago and i'm already a quarter of the way through yeah is it something steve would like or should i watch that by myself I think it's something Steve would like too. Okay, okay. Because well, it's I'll it's like a it. mystery mm. type thing, like mystery blackmail. Like there's whole this whole loop of things. How many episodes is it? Um, probably like eight. No one Netflix or nine. Yeah, it's less than ten. It's less okay. than ten. We need a new show because we finished uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Have mm-hmm. you seen the previews for that? I've started it. Do you, okay. Do you like it? I'm only, like, an episode in, so I can't say yet. Okay. It is kind of slow at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, like, I kept wanting to know, like, what happened. Because it's it's two timelines. It's the present. And then it's also, like, the origin story. Yeah. In the 1920s mm-hmm. and 30s. Um, I will say, when you, when you get to the end is when shit starts happening. And then it ends. And you're like, what the hell? So... They better come out with another season. Netflix better not do me dirty. And I really enjoyed it. It's getting bashed, like, a lot on social media. But um, I like it. And I find that it's really different from, like, the superhero, you know, the beat path that, like, Marvel and DC are going on. Maybe that's why everybody's trashing it. But I like to see different adaptations of things. Me too. And Josh Jamel. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's definitely working for him. (laughs) (laughs) And the brother, um, I didn't realize, but he is from the show The Crown. He plays the Earl of Snowden because, oh, my God, he looks so familiar. And that's who it is. So, Um, yeah, that's good. I'll I'll see if Steve wants to watch The Stranger because we need a new show. But um, my sweet for the week is well I'm still on medical leave from work mm-hmm. I go back next Monday though but this is my last week mm-hmm. of freedom, so <laughs> I, I can't lift anything I'm still on restrictions I can't lift I can't like sit at my desk for very long 
Um, now that my incisions are opening up. Oh, yeah, definitely not. So, but yeah, I've been enjoying my, I mean, the first few weeks after surgery were pretty rough. So it's not like they were enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I started Outlander, the show. Oh, have you seen it? No, I haven't. My mom and my dad watch it religiously, so I need to start it. I've been wanting to read the book. I've read like a third of the first book, and I couldn't really get into it. And I really want to listen to the audiobook. But I finished a show yesterday, so I started Outlander. I'm only like 10 minutes into it because then Steve came home. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, well, I've got – well, my mom has all the books because, okay, my mom is not a reader. Like, she does not read. After my mom started watching this show, she read every book in the series. Really? Does she like yeah. them? She still has them, so I'm assuming so. I think my sister's read them all, too, and she's like, they're so good. And I'm like – they're kind of like in the Stephen King territory that they're so overly descriptive mm-hmm. and that just really loses me. Yeah, that's but get this too. on audiobooks. So audiobooks tend to be a lot longer than it would take you to like read the actual book. Steve's like, you got to uh, make it like two times so they read it faster. But I don't like that because I listen to audiobooks when I'm working and I need to be able to like focus, focus. Yeah. on both. So the average audiobook that I listen to is between like nine and 12 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Outlander is 44 hours long. Holy crap. That's just the first book. Holy and I'm like, crap. bro, that's like a, that would take me that's a, week. Like a week and a half of work. Yeah. You don't know, have to stop for like meetings and stuff like that. So I don't know that I'm ready to commit to, commit to that. Yeah, that's a lot of commitment. For one book, and then if you do one book, you've got to do the whole series. Yeah, and they just get longer because you see the books at the bookstore, and they just get bigger every freaking time. So if you're listening and you've read them or listened to them or watched them and you think I should keep going, let me know because as of right now, I'm not that interested. Yeah, let us know. Let us know because <laughs> I want to know before I start the show as well. Um, Other book to movie news, you probably saw it on Netflix. There's a new movie called The Woman in the Window. With um, Amy Adams. Yes, I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. So I've had the book on my Kindle for an embarrassing amount of time because, like, Kindle will do these sales, and sometimes the books are like 99 cents or like $2, and I usually buy them, especially if it's one I want to read. But now I have this problem where I buy them and then I, like, forget about them and don't read them. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, a massive TBR pile. So unfortunately, that book has fallen into that pile. But when I saw it come I think it came out Friday on Netflix, and I was like, oh, my God, I've been wanting to read that book. Well, I'll just go ahead and watch the movie. So Steve and I watched it Friday. Oh, it's so good. You should you should watch it. It's really good. Um, it made me jump a few times. You'll like it. I think you'll really like it. It's, it's good. It's a good story. There's one that I just came twist. out that was also based on a book that I watched over the weekend, and now I can't remember what it is. On Netflix? Yes, it had just okay. come out. I'm trying to look through the list right now, but... Things it seen and heard? Yes. Oh, that yeah, one. that movie was so good. So good. With Amanda Seyfried? Yes. Yes. Oh, I told my mom, I think it was Mother's Day. And I was telling her about this movie I watched. And she's like, oh, that sounds good. And my stepdad would laugh. And he's like, we watched that Friday night. 
And she was like, no, we didn't. He's like, yes, we did. And he started explaining it. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And she's like, I, you must have watched that with your girlfriend. I didn't watch that. And he was, <laughs> you were sitting right next to me. But yes, it is. I wonder what the book's like. It's that's not, why. Yeah, that's what I want to know. I want to read the book now because of it. It wasn't like a scary horror movie. Like they're no. kind of filling it, but it's very thought provoking. Definitely. Um. So if you're into paranormal, thriller, afterlife kind of stuff, you should check it. It's a, it's definitely. Good. definitely. I liked it. Very well done. Um, and not a spoiler alert. I won't give it away, but that ending really made me angry. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing. If you don't want to know, fast forward. But I, I liked it because it leaves it open to your interpretation. Right. I just didn't like the fact that he, she did all of that and he killed her and got I was away. I surprised when she died. I was like, she's the biggest name in this movie, Amanda right. Seyfried. And then he freaking hacks her up with an axe. I was well, like, not really because he was Doctor, he was Doctor Who on one of the seasons. Huh? He's a pretty big name too. The guy that plays the husband? Yes. He was not on Doctor Who. I'm pretty sure. No, he was absolutely not. I bet you a burger. I'm looking because there's been several seasons. And I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's that I'm thinking of somebody similar to him or maybe a different show I had just watched. Okay, his name is James Norton. He's very cute, by the way. Okay, let's see. I'm on his IMDb. I'm looking up the different show that I had just watched to see if maybe it's that that I'm thinking of. Okay. He is on Black Mirror for one episode. Um, okay, he is on Doctor Who, but it's only for one episode. So he's not a doctor, but he is on Doctor Who. And he was That's- on 2013. Um, that's what I, I thought. Say David Tennant was the doctor. I Did knew he? I had seen him. <laughs> doctor Who. I was like, hold on. Let's see. But he's also mm-hmm. very similar to Matt Smith. And okay. Just seen that's who was the doctor when he was on it. 2013. Because David Tennant ended in like 2010. Yeah. And that was the next doctor. So we were both right. We'll just buy ourselves a burger. Yeah. <laughs> buy each other a burger. Okay, that works, that works. I was like, he was not, I, I had never heard of this dude before this movie, but he was, I mean, he was a real asshole in the movie. Yeah, he really was. Like, he really deserved. Okay, I took it to mean, again, fast forward if you don't want any spoilers. I took the ending to mean that he died and went to hell. Oh, yeah, he definitely went to hell. Because you, he, you, they explained that you could see the gate right before yeah. you go. Yeah, I definitely with it. was saying he took it to mean he was in like a metaphorical hell because they're like about to basically get him for this murder and his life's kind of falling apart because he's been found out that he made up that. Um, that I, I think that's why he took the sailboat into. The I think ocean. so too. I think that's definitely why he took the sailboat into the ocean. But yeah, he definitely went to hell. And then I think a storm <laughs> came, and then I think yeah. the devil came and got. Yep. Yep. Oh gosh. Yeah, that was a good movie. I liked it. I would um I definitely want to read the book. I I would like to read the book as well. Um 
I actually picked, I went to Barnes and Noble Friday because I went to Half Price Books Thursday because I was looking for a few things and they had a lot of stuff that I wanted to read, but it wasn't anything that I felt like compelled to buy. And the main thing I was looking for, they didn't have. So I went to Barnes and Noble because I'd rather give them my money than Amazon. Although they are way more expensive than Amazon. But I got this book called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. And if any listeners don't know who Neil Gaiman is, he is very successful author. You may have heard of a book and movie called Stardust. Stardust is one of my favorite movies. Um, He's also written some comic books and graphic novels. So people know him like from that realm too. There's a movie, there's a new Marvel movie coming out called The Eternals, and he did the comic book for that. So Steve's really excited about that. But so Thor from Marvel is not just a Marvel thing, it's a Norse mythology. Like mm-hmm. instead of, you know, the Greeks believe in the Greek gods, well, those are North, 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 say that five times fast. Thor is from <laughs> Norse mythology. But the relationships are totally different than Marvel depicts them. Like, um, Loki is Odin's brother, not Thor's brother. There's a lot of different things. So I'm sure they just kind of took bits and pieces and made it into their own story, but whatever. So this book is basically like Neil Gaiman's retellings of Norse mythology. It's really interesting. Um, it's not like a five-star read or anything, but it's really, I, I kept hearing people talk about it, so I picked it up. It's, it's good. It's cool to see, like, you know, where those stories came from and to read about another culture's, like, beliefs. It's good. There's, there's also, um, I believe it's on the same line as that belief of Thor. There's a, I don't I won't, it's not German. It's somewhere. Actually, Germany, it says in the book, is a country that does believe in these same myths, so... Okay, but it okay, but it might not be the country specifically, but there is a foreign show on Netflix that follows the Odin side of Thor, but oh. it's like it's like current. So like it's happening to like this teenage boy. <gasps> wait, 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 wait. Is that the one that's in another language but it's yes. dubbed in English? Okay, I just added that to my list yesterday. That is so funny that you bring that up. Um, I don't watch dubbed though, so it's always in a foreign language. That. It's really hard for me to watch the dub because it's distracting. It's not the same. Lips are not matching the words. I can read. I can do subtitles. That's fine. But dubbed is really hard for me. So I added it to my list, and I want. So have you started it, or you just saw it? No, I have it in my list, and it just reminded me when you were talking about that. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about watching it. That's so funny that you saw it too. I went through like a massive scroll of Netflix yesterday because I was like, all right, because, you know, stuff was leaving and stuff's come yeah. on. So I was like, I, I wound up watching uh, 50 First Dates because it's going off May 31st. <laughs> it was, it, it holds up. It's so funny. So funny. Gosh. I miss those like funny Adam Sandler movies. He hasn't yes. funny movies in like a really long time. Uh, I think like, um, I haven't watched one since. I watched the, what was that, the parent one? The grown-ups. Grown-ups, grown-ups, too, and then I watched My Boy. I think I turned off My Boy. Is that where he was, like, a 12-year-old and got his teacher pregnant? 
Yeah, and Andy yeah, Sandberg was in it with him. Yeah. Um, Grown Ups is one of my dad's favorite movies. I've seen it eight hundred times. He loves that movie and quotes it all the time. But yeah, I miss like our time, Adam Sandler. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's just over it. I don't know. Although there was well, a movie he had on Netflix not too long ago, Jennifer Aniston, that was like a murder mystery. Oh, that, that one was good too. Bad. Yeah, that yeah, one was good too. Well, I don't think it's that he's like lost his pizzazz. I think it's just that society in general is just so touchy that you just can't I agree. Make jokes that you used to make back then. I agree. There were some things in Fifty First States that I was like, "Oh no, this would not fly today." Right. No, no. Yeah. So I think you're. I think you're very accurate on that that one. Well, I also added a canine to my list as a movie from my childhood because that's going off May 31st. Have you seen that? <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Hopefully I don't cry. Even though I know the dog lives, I remember that, but I'm still probably going to cry. Um, okay, before we get into our talk, well, I mean, it's a talkie set. We can talk about whatever we want. Yeah, I do want to ask you, you know, Reese Witherspoon has like a virtual book, book club every month. Mm-hmm. Do you follow that at all? I do. Okay. So I was talking with at Cats Revival on Instagram um, because they posted like the most recent pick was this book called The Sanatorium. And apparently it was not a good book. Um, They even said, Reese, come on, pick something better. These book club picks are starting to go downhill. And before, like maybe before quarantine, um, Reese's picks were either hit or miss for me. But the majority of them were good. I was like, okay, if Reese is picking a book, it's probably going to be like a five-star read. But I have to agree with Cat's Revival. Like, the picks are getting really bad. I wonder if, like, at the beginning she was reading them herself before mm-hmm. she suggested them. And now that quarantine well, it's not over. But now that things are changing again, I think maybe she's getting busier and can't and is leaving it up to somebody else. But that's kind of... I also I wonder if the publisher is paying her company, like, hey, we'll pay you this, this month one. If you pick yeah. this month. And so it's like, I don't want that. I don't want someone who pays the most money to be your pick of the month. No. I want books. Not good. No, I want books that are good or that exactly. are the underdog that you would never pick ordinarily. Like, let me go back on her and look at the ones that she's picked lately. Okay, like Scarlett, Scarlett St. Clair, for example. We would not have come across her right. had I not been searching outside the box. Mm-hmm. So her current book is The Last Thing He Told Me, which is kind of nerve-wracking because I got it in my Book of the Month box. And I picked it before she had even picked it. So then after I saw she picked it, I was like, shit, it's probably not going to be <laughs> Um, let me see. And she also does a, a young adult now, like in the middle of the month. So let me see what else she's picked. Um, okay. She picked Infinite Country. I couldn't even finish it. That's the one that had some animal abuse and I like threw it away. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Um, she's picked The Firekeeper's Daughter, which I actually have. I heard it's outstanding. So maybe that's a hit. I don't know. Um, the sanatorium, which is the one I was just talking about. Let's see what else she's picked. Let's see if there's anything that I've read lately. Okay, here's one that she picked. Outlawed. <laughs> uh, 
which yeah. we just read, which was not that good. I mean, it wasn't awful, but it was not worthy. Yeah. Uh, the Chicken Sisters haven't read it. Let's see what else she's picked. Fable, I haven't read it, but it is on my list. I'm still scrolling. The Last Story of Mina Lee. Uh, I really want to read that. I can't believe I haven't gotten it yet. I've heard it's good. And then she picked, um, it's a nonfiction book, I think, Everything Inside. She also picked, this was a while ago, but she picked that Untamed book, which is also nonfiction, and it was just kind of meh. Oh, she picked the guest list, and I remember we did not like that. The Henna Artist was actually a really good book, and that was a Reese pick. So maybe that's where things started going downhill was after she picked that because the henna artist was really good i'm still scrolling seeing what else she's picked so it is it is really hit or miss the past few have been really missed i don't know reese let us know what's going on are people paying you to pick this shit (laughs) god it's funny because um you know this really breaks my heart to talk about, but Ben Affleck and Jayla are back together. And Ben already broke my heart once with his bullshit, like, 20 years ago. I know, I was about to say, you know, decades later, they're back together. Here we are. And then <laughs> Steve was talking about um, something with, I think we were watching Dunkirk, and he said something, I don't remember exactly what he said. He said something about World War II, and I was like, that is incorrect. And he was like, what? And I'm like, that is absolutely not correct. This is what happened. He was like, how do you know? And I was like, because I've watched Pearl Harbor like 800 times. <laughs> and then he was like, and he looked it up and I was right. And so I was like, you know, Pearl Harbor has really shaped my life more than I did. Um, I think, and Armageddon. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, we did watch a lot of that. Hey, Rusty just came in from his walk. Here comes the other one. But yeah, so Ben is is doing this to me again. I just, I can't believe it. It's, it's crazy that like, I heard A-Rod broke up and a week later this bitch is in Montana with Ben Affleck. Well, you know, that could be why I heard A-Rod broke up. So I did hear, I mean, I'm, I don't know these people. I don't know what's going on. But I did hear that Ben Affleck had been emailing February. Say. Mm. Say. Mm-hmm. Mm. She saw him in that Batman suit, and she was like, mm-hmm. yeah. she was like, like, he did not look like that when I was with his ass. She's like, it reminds me of when you were a Batman a long time ago. <laughs> in the bedroom. <laughs> but yeah, Pearl Harbor has left, uh, left a lasting effect on my life. Okay, so we'll just get to it. Um, Steve, we put this in the refrigerator? Our talkie show today is about sequels, like underperforming or not as good as the first book sequels so but then I was also thinking of sequels that turned out like better than the first book mm-hmm. so do you want to talk do you have a list so I don't have like the second book which was the bad sequel I just have the first book because I know that that was a series and stuff that I didn't finish <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, we have to say Practical Magic because, oh, crap, <laughs> those books suck. Okay, wait. 
Although, they came out in, like, backwards order. That's so, true. which one are you counting as a sequel? Practical Magic or the... Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if we go in that order, I would agree. Practical Magic was not good. But the... um. I'm looking at my shelf. The Rules of Magic, which is technically before Practical Magic, it wasn't that bad. No. It was it very wasn't. interesting. Oh, you read it? Yeah. When did you read it? Uh, I don't remember now. Because I gave it to you, like, for your birthday or Christmas. Yeah. Like, something. It was my birthday. Oh, so, yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't bad. It was interesting. But maybe it's because we didn't have a movie to compare it to. Yeah, maybe so. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And then also, like, the Beautiful Creatures series by Margaret Stoll. Dude. Like, the first book was, yes. it was all right. And then the second book, I put it down quickly. Me too. And it sucks because they were having a sale on Kindle. And, like, all four of them were, like, 4 or $5. So I bought all of them. And just like you said, I started the second one. And it went downhill real quick. That's really sad because the first one was so good. The first one was very good. It was a very intriguing story. Um, the movie was horrible. Awful. They really, they massacred that shit. Yeah, like, they did. But yeah, that's a good one. I forgot about that one. Damn. And then there's also this one. It's called The Dark and Hollow Places by Carrie Ryan. The first book was extremely good. And then the second book was kind of like a spinoff of the first one. And it, I put it away quickly, too. <laughs> I wonder, like, when they're writing these first ones, like, do they already have the story mapped out? Or are they just trying to, like, keep up with the success of the first? I would be interested to know. Right. The same. I, you know, it probably varies. Mm-hmm. And then also, okay, so one of Warren Kate's, series I really liked. It was the Angel one. I can't remember the name. I think it was Angel Angel or something like that. Anyway, she has this other series. It's the Teardrop series. Teardrop was great. Went to read Waterfall, which is the second one, and I put it down. So what about what about them are you not liking? You just don't like where the story goes or it varies too. Mm. It'll get like boring or you know, I just don't have as much attachment anymore or you know they botched something just yeah i think with beautiful creatures it was just like the story you're like what the hell is going on like they're walking through this tunnel like the whole freaking book and you're like i don't like why and then like you get and you you forget why they why they were doing it in the first place and i'm just like i i i can't read this shit anymore yeah yeah Ugh. All right, keep going. The last one that I kind of thought of was like the Diary of a Shopaholic series by Sophie Kinsella. Oh, like, really? The first, like they were good. The first few were good, you know, and then it just kind of got like, I don't know, further and further away from everything. So the, um,. The movie, is that the first book? Because I know it's yes. like a Okay. The movie was funny. Yeah, it was great. And the books are funny, too, you know. It's just, I don't know, it gets repetitive. Once they go so long, it just gets repetitive. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really understand where that series would go. Like, oh, it goes on. Like, she has a baby and all kinds of things. 
With that dude in the movie? I don't remember if it's the same one, but oh. yeah, they have like a they get married and then they have a baby. It's like diary of a baby holic or so. I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> um, I have read one Sophia book. It was about um, hold on, it's called Surprise Me. It wasn't a series. It was like a standalone. But it's about this couple that's like trying to find this, like refine the spark in their marriage. And it does. It's just kind of like goes off in these weird places and you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. So maybe it's like a author thing. I don't know. Um, the dogs just came in from their walk and I guess they went really far because Jack just like laying on his side on the hardwood because he's hot <laughs> or something. Oh, it's so funny. Anyways, okay, keep going. <laughs> That's kind of the end of my list that I could think of off the top uh-huh. of my head. Because it's hard to remember the ones that we don't like. Yeah, I know. we didn't like them. Okay, I'm going to start on my list. I have, like, I have three categories. So these are, the first one I'll do are sequels I thought were worse than the first. Okay. And this first one's probably going to be very controversial with some people. But I stand by my decision, and I believe New Moon was worse than Twilight. I could get that. Because there wasn't much that happened. It's so boring. Right. I can get that. She's moping around. She's and moping yeah, around. I get it. The movie was was good because, you know, you finally get to see the wolves and they're taking their shirts off and it's great. But the book, it's just like, she's just whining. Oh, and stop. Yeah, I can get that. Oh. It is, when I did go back and reread the series, I, I it was harder to read that book. Yeah, I think when I reread it, New Moon, I put it down for like three months because it's so boring. And I know a lot of people, I think when they read New Moon, they were like, you know, there's this conspiracy that um, Stephanie Meyer stole the first book from someone else, put her name on it, and then she wrote two, three, and four. And they're like, you can tell because they don't match up. I don't believe that. I think they match up fine. Yeah, they match up fine. It's just it's just a boring book, but like Eclipse is good and Breaking Dawn is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it's just like where the story had to go or something. Oh, whatever. Um, next on my list, Ghost at a Watchman, which is the yeah. sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. which came out like what fifty years later. Yeah, something like that. I didn't even finish it. It was so boring and like I haven't even read it. Gal's a grown woman, or she's like a young woman. Um. I don't know. It was just boring, and it's like, I think the dad is dead. I can't. I can't really remember. I remember it being so hyped up when it came out. I mean, hello, yeah. mm-hmm. she never wrote like another book, and then she, this one comes out, and people are like, "Oh my god!" And then they're reading it, and they're like, "It's so fucking good." No, I did not enjoy it. I don't think I'll ever finish it. Mm. Okay. So I also have a list of sequels that I think were better than the first book. You ready? Oh, yeah. First one, Bridgerton. Okay, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. So the second book is Anthony's Story. And I enjoyed it, uh, like, book-wise, not the show. I enjoyed Anthony's book far better than I enjoyed Daphne's book. I mean, her book was so boring. I need to give it a go, because I thought that book was kind of, the first one was kind of boring, too. Yeah. I think you, in Anthony's Story, there's, like, um... There's there's a few steamy scenes, and obviously from the guy's point of view, you know he's a rake, so that's far more interesting because Daphne ain't doing shit. I think she'll like it. I've also read 
the third book, which is Benedict's story. And is it's, it still better than the first? Uh, it is better than the first. I don't know that it's better than Anthony. I don't know. That's a tough one. But Benedict's story is basically a Cinderella retelling. Oh. Like, it, when you read it, you'll see. You're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely Cinderella. But it is better than the first one. Um, another one, Catching Fire, which is the sequel to The Hunger Games. Oh, I don't know. It was, I thought about it a lot because I was like, Hunger Games is so good. But then like Catching Fire, they like, Suzanne Collins like ups the ante. They put them back in the arena with all these other victors. Mm -hmm. You get all these new characters, these names that you've heard, you get to meet them. And then the freaking revolution starts. I mean, come on. It was way better than the first one. That's true. The first one's good. Don't get me wrong. The first one is a great book. Blew my mind. I just, yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can, I can personally put the second one over the first, just because the first one it came out was so different than anything we had ever read. Yeah, I agree. But, um, the, even the second movie, I, I, I think Catching Fire is my favorite. Oh, yeah, the second movie year. was definitely better. The Finnick? I mean, hello. He was definitely a book boyfriend. Yeah. Plus, everybody had settled into their characters, so, like, Peter yes. and Katniss were just, like, on point. Although, rewatching the movie, Steve had never seen them all, so I rewatched them with him. I will say, Jennifer. Oh. <laughs> oh, you had seen the first one. Did you hear? Yeah. He said he hadn't seen any. Maybe you just read the first one. Um. Jennifer Lawrence's acting is a little over the top. Like, and I don't know that it was her fault. It was probably like the director shouting at her. So she's like, what? Oh my God. Like, girl, calm down. Okay. Take it down a level. And I guess I didn't realize it at the time because I was like Hunger Games hype. But if you go back and rewatch it now, I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Probably. But it's probably going to be the same thing as like, you know, like, um, Rewatching uh, Divergent and stuff. I'm sure <laughs> their acting and stuff's probably over the top. It's That's another one whose sequel was worse than the first four. one. Yeah, the four. Yeah. Divergent. What was the second book called? Insurgent, wasn't it? It was Divergent, or Insurgent. Yeah. Maybe we should look. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it on my shelf. I'm walking okay. it. We got. There's more. It's alphabetical. There it is. Divergent, Allegiant, and Insurgent. Okay. Yeah, I remember it not being as good. Because the story kind of, like, I hate, I don't want to say, you know, the story. You, I don't want to say that I don't want my characters to develop and other things to happen. Because that's not the case. But it felt very Hunger Gamesy, like as it went on, yeah. As it went on, like there was very similar themes. You know, the second book is when shit kind of like busts wide open, and then you know you find out there's like this whole other thing. I was just, it was just a little weird for me. I was, I didn't, I didn't really care for the ending because I felt like it was rushed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think we needed Four's perspective in the first book because that's what everybody does. Yeah, I think she did that because she knew she was going to kill the main character. 
And she's like, well, I got to do this now. So they're not like, what the fuck? When all of a sudden you start getting forced perspective. Yeah. That was pretty ballsy to kill off your main character. By the pretty way. ballsy. I will give her that. Uh, no one else has done that. No. Katniss survived. Bella yeah. Swan survived. Like Eda survived. Yeah. That was very ballsy. Um, I don't think she needed to die, though. I don't think she did either. It broke my heart. (laughs) Really? Because of four. Oh, oh, yeah, you do have a a Dauntless tattoo, so I can see that. Yeah. That was for different reasons, but she died. Well, I forgot what I was going to say. I'll just move on to the next book. Um, <laughs> another, okay, this one's a kind of better than the first one. To All the Boys I Loved Before, because I loved that book. I loved the movie. But the second one is P.S. I Still Love You. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of better than the first one, but I still love the first, like the first one's a comfort thing for me. Like I'll put on the movie just when I want to feel like happy or whatever. But in the second one, you get like John Ambrose, who she should have ended up with, by the way. I stand by that. Um, you just get these new characters, and she's kind of, like, growing and figuring out, like, who she is. So I think that's a series that gets better as it goes. The third book is good, um, but they really left a lot out in the movie. And I was – I mean, it's still a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But I was kind of disappointed some of the things they left out. Have you watched them? Have you watched them all? I've watched the first one. I haven't watched the second one yet. Yeah, okay, I don't want to say anything else. I don't want to ruin it for you. After you watch it, we'll talk about it. Um, okay, so here's one I can't decide. Do you think that the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey is better than Fifty Shades of Grey? What is it, Fifty Shades Darker? Yeah. I really didn't like any of them. Oh, don't. You. I, I like, like I liked, like, I like the characters and, like, kind of, like, the storyline, but the writing really did ruin the books for me. But it's I do, bad. I did think the first one was kind of better than the second one, just because there's kind of a mystery mm-hmm. about Christian Grey until you find out why he does the things he does. Also, the story just gets a little wacky. Like, yeah. his foster brother is, like, coming to kill him or... And they, up and, and they move very fast. Like very they do, fast. like at warp speed, and then it's like so much happens. It does get a little wacky. I will agree with that. Um, yeah, and the first one, like you said, he's mysterious, and you got that like, um, what do you want to call it? You got the curiosity about him. You got the curiosity. You got that. Um, attraction between them where it's building and building okay so yeah maybe 50 shades of gray is better than the sequel so have you read the ones from his point of view no i i have i think i read like half of the first one um but i had just reread the other one so i think i'm going to try to reread them because they're releasing the third one from his point of view so that will complete the series and i think i'm going to read those to see like, his point of view on everything. I don't know. Midnight Sun was so horrible. <laughs> like, maybe I shouldn't waste my time. <laughs> Although, apparently you're not an E.L. James fan, but her book, The Mister, is actually really good. Hmm, really? 
Yes, I really liked it. I read it in like a day. I couldn't stop reading it. And I didn't feel like she overused words like she did in Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. You know how like every other sentence she's like. Well, maybe she took the constructive criticism, you know. (laughs) Yes, maybe she did. So there's no like inner goddess on every page. I think she does use the word my sex often, which is annoying, but several authors do that. I think that's the weirdest thing to call your genitals. Yeah. But apparently that's been going on for a long time because I think we've talked about it's in some older books, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. Because didn't we Whatever. come across it in Bridgerton? Yes, I think it was Bridgerton. Yeah, I think you're right. Well... Uh, oh, I have a note. I'd like to know if the Handmaid's Tale sequel is better. The Testaments. Oh, I haven't read that one. But apparently it's from, like, Aunt Lydia's point of view, and I am not interested in Oh. Uh, yeah. Also, I haven't even finished reading the first book because I watched the show first. And when I started reading the book, everything... Have you seen the show? Yes, but I've only seen the first season. Everything is so different. Like, the... um. What's the couple's name that she's with? Water? Of... Uh, I don't remember. Of Is it Waterford? Fre- I don't remember. Fred... Okay, hold on. Oh, Frederick. Fred something. Off, it is Fred. Off-red. She's off-red. Off-red. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Is it Waterford? You said it's Waterford. Um, The Waterfords in the book are, like, old as fuck. In the show, they're not that old. I guess they had to make it more savory that uh, yeah, you know, I mean they were essentially, you know, sexually assaulting these women. Right. I think there was also another I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there were some other really weird things, like maybe the structure that was different of their whole like government. And I was like, mm, this is really boring. So I think I stopped reading it. I don't know, I'm kinda over the show. The new season's out and I don't even really care to watch it. Like, I really want to watch it. And I'm like, I don't really care. But you haven't continued watching it. Why is that? Um, Just because I had started watching it with my mom. And they don't really have time. Well, she doesn't really have time to watch shows and that. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, are you ready for your surprise? <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's so funny that you just got Death and Dahlia. And from Amazon because I asked April some questions. Ooh, and that's funny. I'm gonna read you her answers. Yay. So April Coughlin Wong is the author of Death and Dahlia. Mm-hmm. And I read it this week and I was like, Oh my god, this book was so good. I told Lacey she ordered it immediately. Um she's been one of our Instagram friends for a while and it was like I was friends with her before I realized she was an author. I was like, Holy shit, she has a book. And I really kept wanting to read it, but I was busy with school. And so I was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I promise I'm going to read it. And um, so I read it, and it was freaking good. So let me read you the Goodreads synopsis. Okay. Dahlia has just given birth and wakes up in the hospital to discover that her boyfriend Milo has vanished. Believing he has abandoned them should be shock enough, but she soon learns that he has only six months to live. Dahlia is one of the lucky ones. She has lots of time left, but her boyfriend, he's either lying or he's defying the system, and they aren't going to let him get away with that. 
Meanwhile, Dahlia is forced to deal with the impending deaths of some very close loved ones and returns to her hometown where she finds herself falling back into familiar comforts with an old flame. What is it like to live under a system that plays God? How does it feel to know exactly how much time you have left to live? And what happens if you don't die when you're supposed to? So when I read that synopsis, I was like, okay, that sounds like really intriguing. But there's like a whole element that I feel like the synopsis does not give you. And that is the fact that there's a huge sci-fi element. And when it says he has six months to live, it's because they're in a future society where they've cured cancer, they've cured AIDS, they've cured diseases that are natural, you know, people die from. So people are living to be like 120 or whatever. And um, it's caused overpopulation. It's caused horrible pollution. And they're like, we got it. We got to come up with something. And it doesn't it never says what country they're in. So, I mean, we don't really know. But these two doctors come up with this system where they're just going to random. They're going to put a chip in your neck that has an expiration date. And there's going to be like phases. So like some people, they're going to die before they're 10 years old. Some people are going to die before they're like 40 years old. Some people are going to die before they're eight. It's totally random. Whenever you're born and they put your chip in you, you don't get to pick. There's no stay. And then this is their way of controlling the overpopulation. And it's working. Things have gotten a lot better. You know, there's not as much overpollution, overpopulation, things like that. So you can get it scanned and they can tell you when your death date is. And the, the, a lot of people are very divided on this. Like it mentions there's there's some people in the book that are Catholic. And apparently the Catholics are very like, we don't want to know our death date. We just like it'll happen. And then some people like Dahlia's mother is very like when Dahlia has her baby, she's like, what's her date? And Dahlia herself, I think she's going to die when she's like 80 something. So and they, they have they're all called something. Um I should have wrote it down because I'm never going to find it. Like each group has a name. So like Dahlia's in her 80s. So she's called one thing. And then her boyfriend Milo. So after she gives birth. And this is not a spoiler. This happens at the very beginning of the book. So I'm just kind of laying it out for you. So after Dahlia gives birth. Um, I guess there were some complications. And the baby lost a lot of blood. And the dad Milo was a blood match. So he goes to donate blood. And they scan his chip. And they're like, yeah, you have six months left to live. And he, so he's called something else. So when he disappears, she's like, I wonder where he went. And the nurse mentions something to her that he's a blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what? And she's like, yeah, his chip said he was going to die in six months. And she's like, what the hell? Like, he never told me that. So she thinks maybe that's why he left or she doesn't really know why he's gone. So that's kind of what the book's about. She's, he, and he's also leaving her these breadcrumbs, like, hey, I'm going to go fix this. I'm going to make this right. But she's also wanting to find out the truth, so she's kind of, like, investigating. It's a really interesting story. It's not really similar to anything I've heard before. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, Lacey, you have to read this. I think I think anyone would like it. It's a really good book. So um, we sent April some questions, and she responded, so I'll go ahead and read them to you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Question one, what gave you the inspiration for this book? And April responded, I wish I could remember. My husband remembers me talking about this idea in university 15 years ago. I've had other ideas since then, but this one just stuck with me. I felt like I couldn't write anything else until I got this out of my system. 
that's a that's a good. She like maybe dreamed it one night and was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Uh, Are you still there? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I thought I lost you. No. Okay. Next question. Did the book start out as a sci-fi novel? The sci-fi genre isn't one I'm typically drawn to. I think it can scare people off, but one of my favorite books of all time is The Time Traveler's Wife. Have you read that? Yeah. I haven't read it. I've seen the movie, though. I loved how there was a sci-fi element, but the story worked around it. It was just an accepted circumstance for the reader, and the book was more about the relationship between the characters. I was hoping to achieve that. I will agree with her after reading it. Um, the sci-fi element is kind of like, I don't know what you want to call it, like a background thing. The relationship and everything they're going through is definitely like the forefront of the book. Um, I asked what kind of research went into the science part of the book. Oh, she said, my sister's a doctor, so I relied on her input for a lot of the medical stuff. I also did research into euthanasia. I felt like that was the closest thing to knowing when you would die and the impact and reaction that has on loved ones. Also, because um, she talks in the book, she talks a lot about her parents. <coughs> Excuse me. They, like, know their date, and the dad's is coming up. So when she has the baby, she calls her mom, and her mom's like, you're still coming for dad's death right and she's like yeah they're gonna have like a week-long celebration and they've basically like sold their business and sold some land to kind of set the mom up so she'll be okay after the dad dies because like they know exactly when they're gonna die mm -hmm. so they can you know be fully prepared and have all their ducks in a row so that was interesting um you know and then they like his daughters have a really long time to prepare themselves mm-hmm so I asked, are there any scenes you would change if you could? She said, not specific scenes necessarily, but my favorite books have so much detail and description, and I found it really challenging to write that way. I've received some lovely feedback from readers saying that they like this about the book, that it just gets to the point without a lot of filler. So I guess this kind of writing appeals to some people. I would agree, April. I did enjoy that. Because, um, you know, like we just talked at the beginning of this episode, some things are too descriptive. Mm-hmm. And we can't get into it. But she describes, like, her characters and stuff. So, and she describes the scene. And she, she sets everything up beautifully. I mean, it's really good. Um, did you draw on any real-life experiences? She said, Dahlia's experiences as a new mother came from my own life. Whether you have a partner, support system, or you're on your own like Dahlia, those first few months as a new mom are really just you and your baby figuring it out regardless of anyone else around. Also, Dahlia's parents' rural home is based on my grandparents' farm. It was so special for me to be able to memorialize that place in words. That's really cool. That is cool because the way she describes it, it sounds really beautiful. And her mother has, like, a greenhouse, and it made me think of you. Oh. That's what their business was, was, like, a plant shop. Mm -hmm. And it, all of both of her daughters are named after flowers, Dahlia. And I think the other one was Camille, Camille, Camellia. Is that a flower? Uh, not sure. Something like that. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's what Lacey would do. She would name her kids after plants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's about to talk about a character named Camden. And Camden is her, like, first love high school boyfriend that she loses her virginity to. Mm -hmm. So when she goes back for her dad's death, she's going to stay for, like, a month to, like, help her mom afterwards. 
um, because her brother died when he was like 18 months old and her mother did not take it very well. In fact, it talks in the book a few times about the mom going and digging up his body and locking herself in the greenhouse with him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so she's had some rough times. So they're worried that the mom's going to kind of like break down when the dad dies. So Camden is like her high school boyfriend that she starts talking. Like it's kind of inevitable that they run into each other. So um, I asked, are there any people from your life in the book? Camden is a mix of a few people I've known. My dad is a lot like Dahlia's dad. He would wear a Hawaiian shirt to his own funeral. Dahlia's mom is completely opposite to my mom, but they do share a love of gardening. Dahlia's sister is a little bit like my sister. I didn't intend to write Dahlia like myself, but a few close friends have seen a resemblance, especially her sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked, I'll ask you first, would you want to know your own death date? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Yeah, I think why? I would. Just so I could do everything that I really wanted to do beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. See everything that I wanted to see, you know. I don't know. I go back and. I know it's kind of back and forth for me too because I, you know, I wouldn't like if it was tomorrow. I'd be like, well, damn it, I'm gonna be dead tomorrow, you know. You're like, I'm about to go buy a bunch of shit. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think ultimately I would like to know just so I can be prepared and, like you said, do everything I want to do, um, live life to the fullest, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of, like, going to work and paying bills if you're going to die in a week? Fuck that. Exactly. So April says she thinks she would want to know. I found out the sex of both of my children, so I think of this in the same way. I would just want to know how much time I have to live my life the way I want. All right. Yeah. Um, I asked her, who are some of your favorite authors and what is your all-time favorite book? She said, Kate Morton is by far my favorite. I love anything old and English. Hard to narrow it down, but of hers, I'd say The Forgotten Garden is my favorite. Top book picks are The Thornbirds, The Shadow of the Wind, and Middlesex. I have not heard of any of those except the Thornbirds, and I've only heard of Thornbirds because I think this priest, like, raises this little girl and then has sex with her. I haven't heard any of those. I might have to read those. I'm maybe misinterpreting Thornbirds. 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 I'm not drunk, I promise. Sorry, April. I know that's your favorite book. But I swear I've heard someone, like, mention, like, it's a Lifetime movie. And I think that's the movie. Like, but, no, like, after she's grown up, they have a romantic relationship. Hold up. I'm about to look this up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be talking about her favorite book like that. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up. Okay. Thornbirds. Okay. If it's this one by Colleen McCullough. Damn, there's no synopsis. Okay. Let me Google it. Mm-mm-mm. Um, no, this sounds like a totally different book. This is about a sheep farm in New Zealand. So what was I thinking about? Good question. <laughs> Good question. 
<laughs> yeah, I totally messed that up because it's got this. Um, I want to say like Charlton Heston's in the movie. Hold up. I'm looking it up. It's gonna drive me crazy unless I look it up. Oh, I really butchered that. If you know what I'm talking about, just go ahead and email us. <laughs> uh, I'm going through his IMDb. I swear it was him. Looking. It's on, it was on one of those shows, like, I love the 80s, you know, where they, like, make fun of everything from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the movies they were talking about. And they were like, hold up. Because, you know, it's like one of those things when it happens, you're like, oh, okay. But then when you look back on it, you're like, ew, that's kind of gross. Yeah, I'm never going to find it. If you know what I'm talking about, go ahead and email us. Anyway, um, she also said her other favorite authors are Lorraine Moriarty, Taylor Jenkins Reid, and Cynthia Swanson. I love me some Taylor Jenkins Reid. I don't think you've read any of her books. I don't think so either. You need to, and you should start with The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So good. Also, Daisy Jones and the Six. So good. Actually, I think Taylor Jenkins Reid has a book coming out in June, and I'm super excited about it. Ooh. All right, last question. I asked, of course, who would you want to play these characters? So, Milo's the boyfriend. She said that is based on, I don't know how to say his last name, Milo Vint. Miglia, you know, from Gilmore Girls. Okay. She says, so that's an obvious one, which is so funny because that's who I pictured when I was reading it. Not because his name, both their names Milo. Because the way she describes him, like the way he looks and the way he acts is very Jack Pearson from This Is Us. And so it's so funny that she says that because that's exactly who I pictured. <laughs> um, she says she pictured a brunette Emma Roberts Dahlia. Ooh. Colton Underwood season of The Bachelor was on when I was writing this, so that's who I pictured for Camden. So any actor that looks like that. And she said suggestions. I'm dying to know who you pictured. So obviously I pictured Milo. For Dahlia, uh, I pictured Marielle Jaffe. She's from, what's that show called about American teenager confessions? Secret Life of the American Teenager. Mm-hmm. She's on that show. It's beautiful. Um, for Camden, I was thinking like a blonde, very like handsome, all-American looking dude. Like Chris Evans would be really good in that. You know, like a guy like that. Who else has looked like that? I don't like Colton Underwood. I, I don't find him attractive. Mm. I don't really watch The Bachelor, but I know who he is, obviously. But, like, along those lines, like, who do you think of? Um, he's really hard to, like, okay. <sighs> like, obviously, I would normally say Army Hammer. But, you know, he's yeah, got some issues. He's so we don't want to cast him in anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got a different little face feature than Army Hammer, too. Yeah, Chris, yeah, they're very different. It's hard to say because I feel like I've seen his face on a, like, similar to an actor, but I can't huh. think of who it is. Colton Underwood. Oh. Uh, 
Um, let's Google it. What's his name in Kingsman? Eggsy? Yes. Mm, he'll always be Elton John to me. <laughs> he's just so good in that movie. Like, you know he sang in that movie, right? No. That was Eggsy singing. Have you seen the Elton John movie? No, I haven't. Okay, so he plays Elton John. And he does all of the singing. And honestly, the fact that he was not nominated for an Oscar and the dude that played Freddie Mercury, who lip-sync to Freddie Mercury, won. Bullshit. Because Eggsy was so... Like, when I first heard he was cast, I was like, the dude from Kingsman? But he really pulls it off. It's a great movie. You should watch it. I'll have to. Um, I'm looking at Colton Underwood right now. Who does he look like? Because I feel like he always he also looks like somebody else, but can't place it. Yeah, he's got that like not really Channing Tatum, but he's got some Channing Tatum features. I do see that. Yeah, he does kind of look like Channing Tatum. I definitely see that. But we digress. <laughs> trying to think who else he looks like. Yeah. He's very tall. Yes. And that is how I pictured Camden in the book as kind of a like tall, like football player looking guy. Hmm. I like Chris. I think Chris Evans would do a good job. But, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, that's who I'm going with April. Chris Evans. All right, so that was all the questions I had for April. So Lacey's going to read it. Mm-hmm. You should read it, too. It's called Death and Dahlia. It's on Kindle Unlimited, or you can order one of the last two copies on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it might be in Barnes & Noble. Or you might be able to find it somewhere else. Maybe odds be ever in your favor. It's a great book. You can also, you don't have to have Kindle Unlimited. You can just get it on regular Kindle, too. Like, you can buy it on Kindle or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, well... That's our talk, he said. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't. I'm excited to start our next book. I think I'm going to start it. Me too. I think I might start it tonight. Wednesday or Thursday. I've got to finish this other book. It's, I think I, it's going to be good. I'm excited to see his Hades point of view. Me too. I, I wonder if it's steamier. It. Yeah, I wonder if it's steamy. He probably has much more steamier thoughts because he's not a virgin. <laughs> And I hope I still love him after this. Yeah, that too. Uh, and then, like, the day that that episode comes out is the day the third book comes out. So I'll yes. probably, like, start reading that immediately. Oh, shit. I meant to talk about, um, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so a week from today, we're going to read A Game of Fate by Scarlet St. Clair. Um, do you think you need to read the other ones before you read this one? think so i think maybe you could get away with reading this one and then reading the first one and the second and the third yeah because it's my understanding that it is the first one from his point of view so right right i would think you could read it like either read the first one and then read this one or read this one and then read the first one but maybe together yeah so read it send us your reviews thoughts questions we'd love to hear it two bookworms one podcast gmail.com or Instagram at two bookworms one podcast. Send us suggestions for 
Talkisodes, um, listeners pick. You got to send us those or we're just going to like, this is a listener's pick, but it was voted. Like we picked two and then you guys voted. Um, so you're going to pick the next one. So Lacey, you have your pick ready to go next week. Little say bye. Yeah.